Welcome to Ask the Pastors, a segment of the West Hills podcast, where you have the opportunity to ask your questions and receive biblically grounded, pastorally sensitive answers from our pastoral staff. My name is Brian. I'm your host and pastor of worship. I'm joined by our lead pastor, Will. Hey, everybody. And our pastor of youth and connections, Thad. Hey. Uh, in light of recent elections, we thought it would be really timely to address this question from Amina. Her question is, I now know that submission in the Bible doesn't mean less than, but I now have questions. Like, what does that mean for women in leadership in general? For instance, biblically, could a woman be president? Hmm. Good questions. So I think we'll start by going through a Got Questions article and then responding to some thoughts from there. Thad, do you want to? Yeah, uh, I would love to to just read that real quick for us. Their question, um, I got questions. What does the Bible say about women leaders in government? Uh, Their answer is, the question of whether a woman should lead a nation as president, prime minister, or any high government office is one that is not easily answered biblically. For one thing, the Bible has much to say about the roles of Christian men and women in the home and in the church, where the man is the divinely ordained authority, but not much on the role of women in leadership of nations. If we apply the biblical principles of leadership in the home and the church to governments, we go beyond what the Bible says and may be taking liberties with scripture that God did not intend. Some point to women in the Bible, such as Deborah or Huldah, to support the idea of women presidents. The only problem with that approach is that we cannot strictly apply Old Testament commandments to the nation of Israel to any modern nation because God chose only one nation to be his special people. Neither the United States nor any other nation is the spiritual equivalent of Israel and God's dealing with Israel are not necessarily cross-cultural. Having said that, we can still apply certain spiritual principles to help us determine whether to vote for a woman president or any other high government office. In considering the issue of a woman president, we note that women in the Bible occasionally held strong positions, some good, some bad. Esther was in a place where her influence as queen could help Israel, but not the highest authority in Persia. Jezebel was the wife of King Ahab, but she had an evil influence. Many women followed Jesus and godly women helped the apostles. Paul wrote to Timothy about the importance of spiritual influence on his life with his mother Eunice and his grandmother Lois in 2 Timothy 1. Bible women often held influential roles, yet not necessarily leadership positions. In fact, at times, women rulers were seen as a sign of judgment. The prophet Isaiah lamented, O my people, their oppressors are children, and the women rule over them, in Isaiah 3.12. Isaiah is saying women are considered ill-suited for leadership in the nation of Israel. However, the question remains whether we can extrapolate from this verse a general principle about all women are equally ill-suited for leadership of the nation at any time. Deborah led Israel and received God's blessing. Modern times have seen several outstanding national leaders, including Israel's Golda Meir, uh, who successfully ruled Israel in 1969 to 1974. Since we know that God ordains all leadership, for there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God, Romans 13.1, we can assume that he placed these leaders in Israel and sovereignly ordained the office or term of office. Generally speaking, 
God designed men for positions of leadership, but apart from leadership in the church and family, which is given to men alone, the Bible doesn't expressly forbid women from positions of government. As a gray issue, the question of women leading government has been passionately debated. Even those who are most vehemently against women presidents would be hard-pressed to justify voting for an ungodly man who has a favorable position towards abortion, for example, over a godly Christian woman who has a strong pro-life stance. I, the writer of this article, am a woman who has found joy in my femininity. It is not an inferior role, but a high calling. I bear, nurture, support, influence, and unite life. My personal belief is that it is best for men to lead government. However, as a citizen of this nation, I I willingly submit myself to civil authority that God places over me, whether men or women. God's command to obey government rulers has no caveat as to whether or not we think they are good authorities. Therefore, if a woman were to be elected president, I would respect her office and obey her direction. Hmm. Yeah. Um, that's, that's it, right? We read the article, we're done? Well, I, I, think, she, I think she does a great job of laying out um, a lot of the, the big biblical principles that we need to keep in mind in considering a question like this. Um, should a woman run for president? I mean, there's any number of ways you can sort of parse out this question in different iterations. You know, a, a godly Christian woman, should she run for an office like that versus, you know, should Christians vote for a woman who who, who is running for that mm-hmm. office or whatever? But I think all of the nuances aside, I, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a great question. Thank you, Amina, for asking it. And I think the author of this article um, does a great job of presenting really a lot of the um, biblical evidence in support of why uh, some folks would would say absolutely, you know, that godly women should use all the influence God gives them to promote good in society and the world and whatever. And then on the other side of the the issue, um, why many would say um, that that uh, that that no, that um, that ideally, really, you know, uh, God's best, as she ultimately um, admits herself, and in her closing here, she, my personal belief is the it's best for men to lead in government. Um, so, uh, you know, with with some of her with some of her. Um, biblical evidence laid out there. I mean, do we want to just go around and kind of share where we fall on this and why? Again, it's a great, like she Mm -hmm. said, I I totally agree with this being a great issue, um, that it's not very clearly black and white. I personally, strongly complementarian um, when it comes to women in uh, leadership in the family and the church. I think scripture scripture is very clear there. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, and and if if you look at any of the and she didn't even mention them here for that reason, but you look at any of the First Timothy two, Ephesians mm-hmm. five, um, you know First Corinthians eleven and fourteen, various passages that are famously uh, 
hated by by sort of quote unquote feminist um, Christians or you know, whatever feminist mm-hmm. non-Christians as the Bible being misogynistic and women being submissive and all these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. I think that all of those passages in the New Testament are clearly, um, the context is clearly either in the home with your husband or it's in the church with, um, with, with others in a spiritual authority kind of, kind of setting. Even you think maybe most, the, 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 the verse that might be pulled in most in, into a conversation like this about president would be probably first Timothy two twelve, um, where Paul says, I do not permit a woman to exercise authority over a man. Mm-hmm. And again, if you don't look at the context there, you'd say, well, boom, there you go. I mean, if, if a woman can't exercise authority, of course she can't be president. I mean, that's the most authoritative role in the world. Um, you're like the leader of leaders of leaders of leaders. Um, but again, looking at the context of what Paul's saying to Timothy here, it, it's, it's clear. He, he's talking about organization of the church, leadership in the church. And so, hmm. um, but, well, maybe I'll hold on to that, and I'll, I'll let you answer the question first, and then we can come back to me. Or do you want me to? What I'll, I'm happy to. Okay, you you go first, and then I, I but I do want to come back to the First Timothy two twelve, and and add sort of my, my caveat with that. But you go first. Yeah, with with uh, a woman being president, I I would fall in the camp that you you mentioned it earlier a christian woman should a christian woman run for president you, you use that as a kind of different way to phrase this i would argue no um, from looking at the creative order and how god has designed things that god's best design is for men to lead in the home and as we've already touched on briefly and in the church so I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I think that holds true with should a Christian woman pursue being president of the United States? No. I also look at some of these examples mentioned in the article, like Deborah. And Deborah is in a position of leadership as a prophetess for Israel at this time. And she is highlighted as an example of she is being moved to a role of authority in Judges 4 and 5 because there is no male leadership as a rebuke um, to the rulers at the time. And so she is being elevated to that position as we see um, other cases of this. Of The Bible does not diminish women and their value. And so I want to make sure that that's clearly coming across. But in God's design, he is designed for men to lead at home and at church. But when men do not do that, women rightly should step up and lead. Yeah. I, I think to, to remove it some from the position of president, I think if there's not a father at home, mm-hmm. the mother should step up. Yeah. And lead. If or, the, or if there is a father who's shirking his responsibilities, let's say spiritually, yeah. dad mm-hmm. doesn't get, dad doesn't prioritize church and getting the family up on Sundays and getting them to church. Mom should absolutely step up, mm-hmm. and it's a shame, obviously, mm-hmm. that that a woman would have to yeah. to do that. I mean, I think to your point, God's 
and and that's where I was going to go. Sorry to cut you off, but that's where I was going to mm-hmm. go with First Timothy two. Is you read the rest of First Timothy two and the very next verses thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. After Paul says, I don't permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, he says, for Adam was formed first, then Eve. Mm-hmm. And Adam was not deceived, but Eve. And, and so he, he immediately grounds this principle about women's roles vis-a-vis men and leadership and authority in the church. He grounds it in the created order, mm-hmm. like you said. Hmm. So, for instance, sure. if I, I just really quickly read this excerpt from... Uh, from uh, John Piper asked asked Pastor John um, episode on this very same question. He says uh, he says he says this. He says I think that the Bible summons men to bear the burden of primary leadership, provision, protection in the home, uh, Ephesians five, and in the church, First Timothy two. Add to this that these texts and others like Genesis one through three build their case not on the basis of culture which changes, but on the basis of mm. God's design in creation which does not change. Mm. He says, therefore, I am not able to say that God only speaks to the role of men and women in the home and church. If our roles are rooted in the way God created us, male and female, then these differences shape the way we live everywhere mm-hmm. all the time. And, I, and that's, that, mm-hmm. that is where I would, um, yes, it is grayer, this, ish, this women, woman president is grayer than a woman pastor or grayer than uh, a woman head of household in the family, but it's not totally gray. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. it's a darker shade of gray, I think, because yeah. um, because there are these creation order principles that we can pull out and say, yeah, this really does seem to be God's part of God's design, not just for uh, husbands versus wives or fathers versus children or, you know, male elders versus female congregants, but like men versus women, that there is something in the XY chromosome, in the DNA, at that level of what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman that says part of what it means to be a man um, is, is to lead, is to, mm-hmm. as, as Piper says, to, to provide leadership, provision, protection. And, um, and, and, and so I think that obviously has implications then for things like politics, sure. female president, mm-hmm. and um, women in the workplace and as supervisors, bosses, and things like that, which we, we want to get into in mm-hmm. a little bit. But I also, um, did you want to say more about, you started to talk about Deborah in Judges 4. Were there other examples that you, because I want to come, I want to come back to and, and just agree with something you already said. Agree with Okay, me. I'm going to agree I'll with take you. I'll <laughs> take like the agreement. Yes. So <laughs> the, um, that seems to be the the strongest case biblically mm-hmm. for someone who would want to say, yes, absolutely, women can and should be presidents. I'm a Bible-believing Christian, and I, I believe that. The strongest case that you could make, I think, would be to point out some of these examples in Scripture mm-hmm. of women exercising leadership and specifically, you know, spiritual leadership, if we can call it that. So, um, you know, there's there's lots of uh, women who do great things in Scripture, obviously, to be commended, jewels in their crowns in heaven as we speak. Um, you know, one of the articles, and I, and I read probably three or so articles 
for women, Christian presidents, and, and, and against, written by Christians. So looking at both the arguments for me this week, um, yeah, this, this is another uh, little article I found that was helpful to me, just list some of the popular women that get pulled in this conversation, Miriam, prophet in the Old Testament. Uh, you mentioned Deborah and Hulda. Um, we'll come back to them because they're the two strongest examples, but you've got Anna, a widow who became prophet, pronounced Jesus in the New Testament to be the, the, the Messiah. Lydia, businesswoman in the Philippians church. We looked at her mm-hmm. in, in our study of Acts this past year. Priscilla um, helped Paul while he's establishing churches in Corinth and Ephesus. Husband, Aquila, but Aquila and Priscilla always listed together and this you know sort of dynamic duo and really important influential couple in church planning. Uh, Junius, um, sometimes interpreted as, as an apostle even by, mm-hmm. you know, uh, really strong kind of feminist, I guess, arguments for for women's roles in the Bible. Phoebe, mm-hmm. deaconess. So there's lots of these kinds of um, examples of, of women in, in leadership roles. What, you know, one of these articles I was reading was pointing out was that, um, you know, in pretty much all of their cases, um, you're you're really not talking about again to go to Paul's point in First Timothy two. You're not talking about women exercising spiritual authority over men. Certainly, mm-hmm. um, you know most of those roles are are really supportive type roles. Which, frankly, you know, if you want to look at what does it mean to be a man and a woman in Genesis one and two. God's original good design for us, you know, maybe the easiest word that you could use for both would be leader with man and supporter with with woman, uh, you know, a suitable mm-hmm. helpmate, a supporter mm-hmm. for Adam. And, um, you know, so many of these those roles of, of Phoebe and Priscilla and Lydia, you know, they are the ones behind the scenes, administratively, managerial, uh, organizationally, Doing just the 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 uh, work of the 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 not sexy not um, you know uh, front page news kind of work of the church that uh, enables Paul to be Paul that enables Peter to be Peter that enables you know James to be James and and on down the list mm-hmm. yeah. um, and so uh, I think again I would almost say that. Are they leaders? You know, call call that whatever you want. I mean, there aren't there aren't women pastors, elders. There, I we at West Hills have women deacons, and you know, deacon diakonos in Greek literally means servant. And again, you talk about what was Eve in the created order? She was she was a suitable helpmate. She was a helper, mm-hmm. a server, mm-hmm. a supporter of of God given to Adam to, to help and support. So I think to me that, not to say that deacons are more feminine. I mean, we have male deacons mm-hmm. at our church as well, but to say that, um, you know, those kinds of roles, uh, you can call it leader. And I think we should call it leadership. Um, you know, we, we, but it's a different kind of leadership clearly than mm-hmm. like say the elders of our church, which are, which are all men. And so I think God does clearly, call women and use women in powerful ways mm-hmm. to empower ministry in those kinds of supportive type of diaconate types of, of roles. Um, the, 
the two big exceptions that got questions mentions about women really now getting into more of a spiritual leadership type of role really are Deborah and Hulda. And like you said, that both of those uh, cases, um, you know, Deborah being a prophet judge uh, in Judges 4, you know, go reread the story. The whole point of God, I think, raising her up as this one female um, prophet and judge was to rebuke Barak, who had been given orders from God to go and fight against the Canaanites and take the land back from them. And Barak got scared. Mm -hmm. And he said, I'm not going to do it. And he was a coward. And so, like you said, God raises up Deborah, I think, for the specific purpose of pointing out just how, you know, judges begins and ends by making a statement about, you know, how everything was evil in, in Israel and everyone did what was right in their own eyes and they, they didn't have a king and there was no leadership, like you said. Mm-hmm. And so I think the whole point of God using Deborah is to say, you know, gosh, if, if men won't step up and if this, these are the best men you've got are guys that are cowering and won't even go into battle unless a woman holds their hand and goes with them in a battle, then you know, this is this is the kind of state that, that Israel was in. I think that's that's the whole point. And again, that's not to take anything away from Deborah. I mean, Deborah yeah. did what she was called. She in, in jail. I mean, the mm-hmm. end, the end of that story is Deborah and Barak. You know, chase chase Sisera and the Canaanite army uh, away in battle, and then uh, the um, Sisera, the the commander of the Canaanites, you know, flees and goes and hides in jail. This godly woman's tent, Israelite woman. She says, oh, come in, I'll take care. And she drives the tent spike through his head. And Biblical woman. That's biblical, you know, <laughs> when, that's, but that's biblical womanhood when biblical manhood mm-hmm. isn't stepping up to the plate. Yeah. You know, because that should have been <clears throat> Jael's husband mm-hmm. out at battle killing Jael, uh, sorry, killing Sisera mm-hmm. so that Jael didn't have to step up. But but mm-hmm. that's what you get when men aren't doing what they're supposed to is you get Jael having to do that. You get Deborah mm-hmm. having to step up. And even to, to mm-hmm. apply that principle um, in, in reading articles in our conversations, like if we're faced with presidential candidates, a male and a female, and the male is pro-abortion and other other things that we would say Christians mm-hmm. cannot hold to this position. And there's a female presidential candidate who holds to a pro-life position. I would be very much so inclined to vote for a female president in that situation where yeah. the men are not leading well. And yeah. so therefore yeah. this is the position I It's a great point. I'm forced to vote in. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, yeah, because I, I say all everything I've said and, and also qualify it, like you said, with would I vote for a female candidate for president? Or I did vote for a female candidate for for office last last week, last in, week. in our midterms um, because there were some of those uh, some of those uh, election uh, some of those um, positions where I in doing the little bit of research I had time to do on the candidates, it seemed like, yes, this, this candidate, um, who happens to be a woman, uh, is going to espouse biblical principles, is going to promote the welfare mm-hmm. of our country, our society, our, our, in, in better ways than, than the man will. And to me, at the end of the day, that's, you know, that's the most mm-hmm. important thing there. So with all that said, um, we thought it might be helpful though, to, 
to end today's episode. If I can go there, Brian, did you have any other questions you wanted for us before? I just thought it was interesting. Lois and Eunice uh, and their spiritual influence on Timothy. Mm -hmm. That was was interesting as well. Like really positive formational experience to Timothy's faith. Well, you're talking Um, about mother and grandmother. Yeah. So certainly when... Just say that's spiritual leadership or spiritual... Yeah. Well, which mothers are called to Mm -hmm. over their children, their own children. You know, so I think when you talk about uh, 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 Paul saying, I don't permit a woman to exercise spiritual uh, authority over a man. Shouldn't say over a boy, you know, it's over yeah. a man. You know, women are called. Sure. That's why, I mean, we have female uh, kids, teachers in mm-hmm. Sunday school mm-hmm. classes here. We have female um, volunteers helping even teach, you know, um, tag team, teach some, some youth lessons mm-hmm. to teenage boys. They're boys, they're not men, sure. you know, and so. I think That's the a good older, distinction for those listening yeah. that maybe would push back on yeah. that argument with the with the. Mm-hmm. That's a good definitely. But yeah, we we thought it might be helpful to end um, since we don't have any women running for president that we know of at West Hills. Um, <laughs> but but we do have women who are bosses in mm-hmm. their workplace, who are supervisors, mm-hmm. who ha- who even over men who have mm-hmm. men that report to them um, direct reports. We thought it might be helpful, again, having said all that we said, you know, to answer kind of that question, how should they go about their mm-hmm. their jobs? You know, do we okay. think that that's inherently sinful of our of our women mm-hmm. in our church? And I would say no, mm-hmm. I, I, not inherently so. I mean, I would say if if a woman uh, is is in the workplace for one reason or the other, um, and there's many good reasons I think for a woman to be in the workplace. Um, and and she's by God's grace really good at her job and has been promoted and is a place where she's a supervisor, a manager, a, a leader, even a president of a co- company, mm-hmm. president of you know um, that you know kind of like like God said with Esther or Mordecai said with Esther like. Maybe it's for such a time as this that God's got mm-hmm. you in this role. God wants to use you in, as an influencer. But I think to me in that, in that case, it would be all about, you know, how does she exercise mm-hmm. her authority? Um, can she, as a woman, exercise her authority in the workplace over those in her, her charge, in her care, in a way that certainly at a, at a very minimum doesn't demean a man's masculinity mm-hmm. who might report to her, say. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the very best, might actually help empower and bring out that man's masculinity and the parts of him that are um, that God has designed to again to, to be a, a man, to be a to be a leader in some ways, um, even if he's not her leader. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, I mean, maybe this gets to a, a whole other different podcast about what it means to lead, but I think Really, that should be the case whether you're a male boss or a female boss because really every boss should seek to be a boss mm-hmm. like Jesus was a boss. God is a boss yeah. you know, who, who didn't consider his authority, his godliness something, his godness to be something to be exploited um, and flaunt over and uh, lord over others, mm-hmm. but who took on the, the position of a servant even to the point of the cross dying for us that that should really be the approach that any boss mm-hmm. should take in any workplace environment Absolutely. is not how can I lord this over, but how can I um, empower you? And so, but but 
certainly so in the case of, I mean, a, a female boss who's got a male employee shouldn't be approaching that as from a position of insecurity and, oh, you know, I have to try extra hard to prove, prove, something. To prove that, mm -hmm. that I deserve this job more than the male or whatever. Mm -hmm. but, but to say, no, how can I bless this person who's working? How can I root for them? How can I try and um, empower them and, and, you know, help them take the next step in mm -hmm. their career? And even mm -hmm. if that means that, you know, if, if he's the best person to replace me and he could do the job better than me, hopefully I've got enough of a desire to see the company thrive and, mm -hmm. and this, this employee that's, that God has entrusted under my charge to thrive, that, that I would be that selfless and humble. So uh, that's, that's sort of mm -hmm. my closing thought on it. But yeah, I, I would say a lot of the same, just remembering uh, that God's the one who has put you in those positions and that idea of desiring for people to thrive, that regardless of the leadership, whether it's male or female in the company, that they should be caring, they should be compassionate, they should be encouraging, that that they should not desire to be harsh, to be cruel, to be unkind, to be unloving, but to embrace the position that God has used you in, who has placed you in, and use that to care well for those under your leadership, uh, regardless of what that is, and, and to not wrestle with this, am I sinning by doing this? Well, God has placed you there. Make sure you are doing your best as the employee in this position, like we'd encourage anyone in our congregation with their jobs. Do all to the glory of God yeah. and, and seek to care well for all of those underneath you and that you should desire for them to thrive, all of your employees underneath you to thrive. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Ask the Pastors. Remember that you can submit your questions by visiting the info bar at West Hills or by asking them online through our website at www.westhillsstl.org. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, hit that like button, subscribe, and share it with a friend. And don't forget to tune in again next week where we have a special kids episode with a handful of questions submitted by children. So thanks so much for listening. Catch you next week. <laughs>